you kick down walls and anyone who tells you you can't you take your fears your insecurities your worries you roll them all up into a ball you turn those some bitches sideways and stick them straight up that candy out pick your goal and stick fucking to it you wishy-washy motherfuckers i can't fucking stand you I wanted to make sure that out of the 24 hours of the day, that I don't waste one single hour. Those hours were too precious. And so there I just want to tell people, don't give me this thing, I have a difficult time, maybe the time, and I don't have time for this, and I don't have that. You have time. You make the time. And now, welcome to the Be Informed Live Fit Podcast, sponsored by fitnessinformant.com. And he kill it while you sitting down, bitch, about how I triple my fan base Man, worth bench, can't say there's worse, bitch Do something, fuck it, I prove something What's going on, everybody? Welcome inside the Be Informed Live Fit Podcast I am your host, Fitness Informant Founder, CEO, Ryan Buck I want to thank you all for tuning in If this is the first time you're tuning in for one hell of an episode Featuring two very influential men within the world of dietary supplements within the world of sports nutrition and also within the world of bodybuilding because they have their hands on so many different things within the sport of bodybuilding. We have Chris Gethin, CEO of Cage Muscle Supplements, and Aaron Singerman, CEO of Redcon One, today on the podcast at the same fucking time. I'm not kidding. At the same time. This is stuff that other podcasts aren't doing, that other platforms are not doing. We have two guys who are super influential who are very well respected within this industry on the same podcast at the same time. And a lot of people listening to this podcast might think that Aaron and Chris converse regularly. They don't. As you're going to find out in the podcast today, they don't carry on everyday conversations. They check in with each other every now and then, especially when there's big things going on this year. They were the finalists in the Vitamin Shop brand of the year. But it's not like Chris Gethin and Aaron Singerman are best friends because they're not. But there's a mutual level of respect between the two that you're going to hear and see if you're watching on YouTube today between Chris Gethin of Cage Muscle Supplements and Aaron Sigerman of Rikon One, two totally different brands, two totally different personalities, two totally different ways of building their brands, and two totally different ways of essentially looking at the industry. But they have similarities. They have things that they agree on. And I think that both of these men have contributed to the sports nutrition industry in a positive manner, and you're going to hear that. And what I love about it is because... You'll have them talk to each other and converse with one another on this podcast. You'll hear Chris ask Aaron questions about his business model and about how to approach traditional brick and mortar with a direct-to-consumer model. It's very educational. If you're a brand owner listening to this podcast, you're going to pick out tidbits from these two gentlemen uh, that you could probably implement into your own business. If you're a fan, you're going to hear and learn a little bit more about the backgrounds of Chris Gethin and Aaron Singerman and how Cage Muscle and Redcon came because these two share a lot of similarities that a lot of people don't understand and maybe, maybe know about. Chris Gethin and Aaron Singerman both came from the publication side of things. They both wrote for magazines, and now they both own two very successful supplement companies. That is a uh, This was an honor. It was a goddamn honor to conduct the interview with these two. These two are men that I, you'll hear me on the podcast. These two are guys that I consider friends. Uh, I can text them at any time. I can call them at any time. They've shown support to Fitness Informant literally since day one, and I'm grateful for their friendship. I'm grateful for their support, and I'm grateful they took the time out of their busy-ass schedules to drop down an epic podcast of knowledge for all of you here on the Be Informed Live Fit podcast. So if this is your first time listening and 
and you enjoy what you hear, hit that subscribe button if you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, if you're watching on YouTube, or any podcast platform. If you also can do us a huge favor and hit that review button, write us a review, and it helps us out in the algorithms so that way more people can discover the Be Informed Live Fit podcast exclusively here through these platforms and fitnessinformant.com. Make sure you're following us on our social media channels. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter. Uh, just a great episode, one of my favorite episodes to do. I really like this, what I call the Odd Couples uh, collaboration projects that I've been doing here on the podcast. We've had Mark Glazer and Mark Lobler on one, and now Aaron Singerman and Chris Gethin. And, and you can bet your ass we're going to be doing several more of these here in the very near future. This week's Pumped Up segment of the week is being brought to you by Built Fast Formula's award-winning Vasal Blitz Pumping Iron. Not only is Vasal Blitz the winner of our 2018 Shield of Excellence Supplement Award for the best pump product on the market, it is also the first nitrate formula fully disclosed with 30 servings, not scoops. When Vasal Blitz is consumed daily, even on your off days, it will last you a full month. This is all for only $34.99. And as a, an exclusive offer to this listening audience, use coupon code INFORMANT and save an additional 15%. I'm pumped up this week about a, a product release, a limited edition release from a brand that I really enjoy, Muscle Sport. So if you're watching on YouTube, you can see this. This is Muscle Sport Rhino Black Limited Edition King's Ransom Pre-Workout. Why am I pumped up about it? Listen, Muscle Sport makes great products. They have a really, really good product line. But when I get excited and I get pumped up about something, it's when they release a product that I personally feel, in my opinion, is the best product in their entire portfolio. In terms of their performance powders and pre-workouts, King's Ransom, which you guys are seeing here on the screen, is on paper the best formulated product that Muscle Sport has ever released. That's my opinion. I'm pumped up about it because I used it. I really, really enjoyed it. And I just want to highlight a couple things in this product that, that I think is super beneficial for, for the consumer and for users of this product. Six grams of pure citrulline, a full gram of agmas, agmatine sulfate. You're also going to get uh, 3.2 grams of beta alanine. You have betaine or beta power at 2,500 milligrams. Glycer pump, now known as glycer size, at 2,500 milligrams. Uh, you also have a massive dosage of Alpha GPC at 600 milligrams, 300 milligrams of caffeine and hydros, along with an additional uh, additional 50 milligrams of di-caffeine malate, which is going to essentially yield about 35, 40 grams, uh, milligrams, excuse me, of actual caffeine. So this is just a very well-rounded pre-workout that actually worked really well for me in the gym. I was excited uh, to speak with Greg Helton, the, the chief marketing officer of Muscle Sport, and to get an advanced copy of this before anybody else did. Like as of this podcast, when this podcast drops, this isn't hasn't even shipped yet. It ships tomorrow, Wednesday. So I got a copy, or I got a, I got the first one literally off the line sent to me here at FI because Greg and team at Muscle Sport knows that I'm going to put this stuff to the test, and they know that I'm going to put it through the ringer. And so far uh, in my workouts, I've enjoyed it. Obviously, we're going to hold off to do the full review until the duration of the container is used because that's what we do. But uh, so far, so good from Muscle Sport. I like these limited launches and these limited edition launches. Ghost is doing something similar with a seasonal flavor of coconut ice cream to celebrate their birthday. I mean, these things, these things work really well because if they're limited, consumers will buy them quickly if they're truly limited edition. And it doesn't necessarily impact your baseline sales of your normal everyday SKUs. So consumers will buy uh, a King's Ransom and they'll probably also buy the Rhino Black through Muscle Sport because they want to stock up and they also want to make sure they have it, especially with, with different sales that they have going on. Same with Ghost. I mean, they're going to buy the coconut ice cream. But they're probably also going to buy uh, their fruity cereal or their their cereal milk protein. So it's a, it's it's, a, it's very cool to see these limited edition launches come out. These seasonality flavors, I think it's it's very smart. 
by the brands to do it, and I don't think enough brands are doing it, but you've seen it with like Redcon when they came out with their limited edition Game of Thrones flavor, the White Walker until the war. Uh, you see it quite a bit um, more now because people are understanding that this works in the big world of, of consumer packaged goods or CPG, that it can work within sports nutrition. Our Genius Moment of the Week is being brought to you by the Genius Brand. The Genius Brand offers high-quality supplements with scientifically proven, clinically-dosed, all-natural ingredients with a blatant disregard for profit margins. The Genius Brand focuses on creating innovative, industry-leading wellness supplements to help you live an active, healthy, and long-lasting life. Supplement smarter today. Check out full reviews and news on the Genius Brand at fitnessinformant.com. Genius moment of the week this week is integrity and just maintaining integrity and authenticity. And I bring that up because... There are several, uh, there are, I get questioned quite a bit with Fitness Informant and, and the level of bias that we, that we inject into our dietary supplement reviews. And I will tell all of you listeners and everybody watching on YouTube, there's not any level of bias injected into anything that we do. Now, most of you know, and if not, I'll, I've been fully transparent on this, Fitness Informant makes money based on if people come to fitnessinformant.com, read one of our reviews, and proceed through one of the links to purchase the products, or they use a coupon code that we have. We get a small kickback that helps us pay the bills. We have a lot of bills. We do a lot of marketing expense. I spend more on marketing than any other website like mine in this industry. I do that because I want to grow the brand. I want to reach a new consumer. I want to bring more people into FI so I can help reach, touch, and educate more people so they make an informed decision when they do a purchase or they make an informed decision as it, as it pertains to their, to their diet or an informed decision as it pertains to their fitness routine. But when you start making money and you start partnering with brands through advertising, and if you go on the fitnessinformant.com, you've seen banner ads. We have uh, we have different things that that we allow advertisers to invest in on Fitness Informant. That's the whole purpose of running a business. Is you obviously want to make that business your full time passion and your and your full time job. And we've done that with FI. But I can guarantee everybody listening and watching to this podcast because I am paid on advertising basis through supplement brands. That has never once impacted or been injected into a non-biased supplement review. Every brand who ever partners with Fitness Informant is told from the get-go, from the get-go, because it's in my media guide that says I will always do the right thing. The right thing is putting the consumer first. The right thing is being fully transparent to the consumer. The right thing is giving the consumer honest, accurate information. I have brands that pay me through for an advertising contract that have gotten negative reviews. Why? Because the products just weren't that good. They know that if they send me a product that's not formulated well or doesn't perform to expectations, I'm not going to give it a positive review just because, because they, they, they advertise with me. And I've said this with a lot of people, and I'll say this here for the record, if an advertiser wants to threaten fitness informant saying, listen, we're paying you an advertising fees for banners and for podcast ads and all this stuff. If you don't increase our rating on our reviews, we're going to pull our advertising deal. That's a brand that I don't want to fucking partner with. I'm very selective in who I partner with. I'm very, very selective. I partner with brands that represent quality, that represent consumer-first innovation, that represent things that we represent. Our values align. That's how Fitness Informant is able to survive. We represent brands that are good. You won't find a lot of negative reviews. That's not because there's bias for these brands. It's because these brands actually are making good fucking products. That's why we've partnered with them in the first place. But they're not immune. They're not immune to a negative review. If they come out with an absolute dud of a product and they, they think it's a good idea to send it to me, they know that I will go on a review, I'll go on YouTube, and I will rip that thing apart. 
Because if I even question wavering from what made fitness informant what it is today, and I come off that non-biased approach, that no bullshit approach, my brand is worthless. No matter how much investment dollars I have coming in the fitness informant, the minute, the minute I move away from my brand promises, my brand is, 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 has no value. It's done. I'm dead. I couldn't live with myself. I could not morally live with myself by doing that. There's not any level of dollar that'll steer me in the wrong path to take advantage of the trust of the consumer to push a product. Fuck that. And like I said, if a brand even thinks to text me, call me, email me and say, we want a better review or else, I will gladly tell that brand to go walk. I don't care. I do not care. I care about the consumer. Brands have a, a, a great opportunity to be showcased on Fitness Informant, to be discovered on Fitness Informant, to get their news out through Fitness Informant. We have a very good fan base of consumers. People are passionate about fitness. People are passionate about health. People are passionate about quality supplements. These are the people who are turning around and buying these products. I'm not going to go ahead and put over a product that doesn't, that's not consumer first. I won't do it. And the genius moment of the week, again, is just being, being performing and operating with integrity. If you want to think, if you are one of those people out there that think just because we have advertising on our website that ultimately makes us biased, so be it. I'm not going to sit here and try to change your mind, but I'm going to tell you that it doesn't. I'm going to tell you that we currently have big-time advertisers with negative reviews. We also have plenty of advertisers on Fitness Informant, of which many of them don't have a number one rated product or in our ranking systems. Wouldn't you think that if money is going to influence decisions through FI, that every ranking page that we've ever made, number one would be somebody who's paying us? And it's not. It's not. Not every ranking page. Some of the brands that, that are investing in advertising through Fitness Informant aren't even featured on the ranking pages. So don't question my authenticity. Don't question my integrity. Don't question my intelligence. If I say a comment on something or if I, if I put my consumer first lenses on and that's how I answer and I critique a product and you take offense to that, listen, dude, that's on, that's on you. You need to understand that I don't care about anything other than the consumer. They're the ones who work their asses off for their money. They're the ones who spend their hard-earned fucking money on supplements because they want to live a better life. They want to achieve goals that they set in their minds. Don't shortcut the consumer. Don't fucking do it. Because if you do it, I'm going to blow your shit up. Regardless if you advertise with me or you don't. That is the brand promise and everything that I stand for here at FI. Consumer first 24-7. And what I like about consumer first is Chris Gethin, a man of integrity, a man of class. Consumer first with, with Cage Muscle Supplements. Red Cod 1, 2. You look at their labels. You look at their, their formulas. There's nothing fancy about Red Cod 1's formulas. Okay, I've been on record saying that. But they're giving you full dosages of active ingredients. Consumer first. Two men on my podcast today that are, that are formulating their products consumer first. They might not be the most innovative products on the market. They might not be using crazy gray area ingredients or brand new ingredients coming out through the ingredient suppliers, but they're using proven ingredients that work well at great dosages. You can't ask for much more than that. So I hope you guys 
enjoy this podcast with Chris Gethin and Aaron Singerman because I enjoyed conducting it. I enjoy these two. I enjoy their friendship. And uh, this is a podcast that you're not going to find anywhere else. Exclusively right here at Fitness Informant, the Be Informed Live Fit Podcast. Hit that subscribe button and enjoy the show. The BAR Breakfast at the Ready is finally here. The world's first protein bar made with real cereal pieces from some of your favorite cereals and the best cereals of all time. This bar has 20 grams of protein, only 20 grams of carbohydrates with five of them coming from sugar and four grams of fat, 190 delicious calories that you can fit in at any time. Any person can take this bar, man, woman, child, whether you're working out, you're training to build muscle, or you just need a healthy snack throughout the day, the BAR is your solution. Go to redcon1.com and order the BAR breakfast at the ready right now. <laughs> With the amount of hard work that I put in, I need a reputable brand. I absolutely love this stuff. The energy is amazing. The pumps are ridiculous. The flavor is absolutely delicious. I was blown away by the amount of energy, the muscle pump. It keeps me going throughout the day. Take your workouts to the next level. The energy was so crazy for me. Really gives me the boost I'm needing in the morning. You will train harder. You will see better pumps. You will go longer in the gym. The quality of the ingredients makes a difference. Try Rise, you're gonna love it, I guarantee it. Their products are top of the range and I'm very proud to be a part of Team Rice. For the last two decades, we have been the best kept secret of the supplement industry. We've kept our heads down and worked. We pioneered full label transparency and full therapeutic doses because we believe that truly hard work requires truly effective tools. Two decades is a long time to commit to one pursuit, but when you act with purpose and become centered in yourself, eventually you realize that you were born and bred for this. The things you once thought impossible, you now do every day. We don't like the easy way, it just doesn't feel right. We'll take the long, hard road over a shortcut any day. It takes longer, sure, but in the end, you know you earned it. And with the right team behind you, pushing yourself further than you've ever been will be just another afternoon doing what you love most. Of my life chasing what's termed as unattainable. An obstacle in my path, I torment it. Any limitation trying to control my environment, I tame it. Any excuses, I transform into commitments. The haters, they're too small for me to even see. For 28 months before Cage Muscle even released, I broke myself against the will to identify, track, test, and trial the ultimate resources available in human existence to bring you something the world has never seen. Change is upon us. Don't justify your complacency. Evolve with me. Part animal, part machine. I'm Chris Gethin, and I am Cage Muscle.
Well, gentlemen, this is an absolute pleasure of mine. For those of you watching on YouTube, you can see uh, Mr. Chris Gethin doing cardio 24-7 and guys like Aaron and me just sitting on our lazy asses doing, doing our, our podcast. But Aaron Singerman, CEO of Redcon One, Chris Gethin, CEO of Cage Muscle Supplements, they absolutely need no introduction. Uh, I had an idea for this podcast to bring in people who are super influential in this space but probably don't interact very often because you're so busy with your schedules, but you both have done so many cool things. I need to under, need to know, like, how often do you two interact with each other, if ever? Uh, we do speak to each other every now and again via this little device. Okay. Thankfully, uh, Aaron has WhatsApp, WhatsApp as well, you know? Yeah. Well, well how, so, long, uh, how long have you guys known each other for? God, how many years? Like I've known, I've like we've we've seen each other at expos for many, many years now. Like when he was doing stuff with MD, I was over with Weeda Publications, many, many years. But you know, just like like you mentioned at all these expos and these events, how often do you actually get to sit down and chat? And it's not that often. I'd say the most time that we spent with each other was in Dubai last year when uh, we went of That's all cute. places skiing together. Uh, yeah, we went skiing. It's funny. I've known I have known of Chris obviously since first since I got involved in the industry pretty much, uh, you know, over a decade ago. But we only really started talking um, in the last what three years or so um, because of Neil Hill moved to Boca, and Neil Hill is obviously uh, very very close with uh, with Chris and uh, and uh, you know I'm in business with Dana and Bailey and Rob, and they're very close with Chris. Yeah, and everybody everybody was kind of connected. To some degree, and uh, and then more recently, right? Chris's Cage Muscle has been doing really, really well, and Redcon One is, uh, I think, Chris Cage Muscle is like a year older, right? Four years old. Two thousand fifteen, yeah, yeah. So four years, a year older. But when so when Redcon started, Chris was already really kicking butt. So we had something else in common. You know, we're both sold at Vitamin Shop, and and so we had a lot. Uh, we have a lot in common. Also, our history. Although Chris is. Uh, you know, different. I and mean, in a lot of ways, we have a lot of similarities in our in our past, and we're all both probably. I think it's safe to say, very obsessive pe- people right. in general. Well, I want to bring it up too because I know you both kind of came from the publication side of things. Obviously, Chris with Weeder, you mentioned that earlier. Aaron, you did stuff. Um, you were with RX Muscle and, and stuff before that, and then you both got involved in this crazy wild wild west world of dietary supplements, sports nutrition, and have done extremely well for yourselves. Like. What was the moment that you, and we may have talked about this in the past, but the moment where you were in publication and realized like you want to make the crossover into actually being on the production side of a nutritional supplement and provide something that can actually be beneficial to help people achieve better versions of themselves? Go ahead, Chris. Okay. Um, well, after the publication, uh, you know, working with Weeda, I flew up to Boise, Idaho as the editor-in-chief of bodybuilding.com. So obviously I was a person behind the camera mm-hmm. and uh, you know behind the scenes. However, Ryan DeLuca then kind of forced me in front of the camera because sure. I was the only person that was competing in bodybuilding in the office. So uh, they needed somebody to you know do all these videos and uh, provide some education on how to get in shape. So hence, you know, I started getting in front of the camera. I'm very uncomfortable in the beginning. Uh, but then I realized look, you know, over some time, I got a lot of responsibility here, you know, I'm telling people to take a supplement. However, I'm kind of putting my hands together and hope what I say is in the supplement is actually in it. And, uh, you know, it's not tainted or anything like that. So, um, you know, fortunately, I had some great connections within the industry over the years. So several of us started talking, myself, Michael McLean, and uh, Brian Rand, 
both formerly of bodybuilding.com and said, hey, you know, let's see what we can come up with here. If, uh, you know, we want to do a supplement that we know for sure is in our control and what we're putting out there is, uh, you know, the right advice based on our beliefs, then let's do it. And that's how it started with us. Sure. Aaron? Well, for me, uh, you know, I I originally started with uh, a podcast called Off Topic Radio that, that was on MD, featured on MD and worked with them. And then on to Dave Palumbo, RX Muscle, and I wrote for uh, for Iron Man magazine, and um, I mean, Muscle Mag. I'm sorry, Muscle Mag magazine. And um, basically, throughout that whole time, you know, I've always been a big consumer of supplements. I've been a bodybuilding fan my whole life, basically, uh, since I was a kid. And uh, and I always took supplements. I've mm-hmm. loved uh, supplements. I've been, I'm a fan of supplements, of the history of supplements, of the science behind the supplements. Uh, but I never really considered it like uh, being in that business. Instead, I always viewed uh, myself more as a, a journalist or, you know, a fan, honestly, yeah. a fan who wanted to contribute to the industry like that. But I had the opportunity to, um, to be kind of the marketing director of uh, Iron Mag Labs, which is a, a company that's still around to some degree or another. But about, uh, about seven or eight years ago, it was really on the rise. And, uh, and I started working for them and I quickly realized that I was missing the boat. Mm-hmm. There's, that there's money to be had and there's a living to be had. Um, and I can continue to follow my passion, which originally was bodybuilding and supplements and stuff and, and use that to make money to provide and build a family. And, you know, I never imagined I'd be where I am today, uh, from supplements and originally from the bodybuilding industry, but, um, it's basically, I just continue to follow my passion and, uh, and, and follow the money too. There's money in, in supplements and there's absolutely no money in, in the sport of bodybuilding as a, as a media person. Sure. No, absolutely. What I think is interesting too, you mentioned earlier that you both obviously are in vitamin shop this year, your brands respectively were in the finals of the brand of the year over the vitamin shop, which is very cool. Uh, fans got a chance to vote on that. Fans picked you guys deemed your two brands, like the top two brands in all of vitamin shop. There's a lot of chatter with, from people, from consultants, from people in business saying like retail is dying, vitamin shop and GNC is falling off, and that this Amazon effect is taking over. But you two are doing very well in vitamin shops. You two obviously do very well with your personal relationships within brick and mortar. What is your take on brick and mortar, vitamin shop, GNC, the term of their health today, and where we see the future of this going? Well, for me, I can say that those accounts, Vitamin Shop and GNC, are going very well. I know for Chris, uh, the same. I mean, I, I think that, look, no matter the, how well the company is doing, people want the cool brand. They want the, the high-quality product. Uh, they want the cream of the crop. So I can't speak to how other companies are doing in those right. accounts. I can only tell you that we're doing very well, and the purchase orders continue to come and get larger, and they they pay on time. People are always like, oh, GNC, they're, they're gonna, they don't have the money. They, don't, they pay to the day. They paid to the day. And, uh, you know, when we went to GNC, we got a very favorable contract compared to a lot of people. Uh, same with vitamin shop, but GNC is known for kind of, you know, yeah, you know, they could put a hurting on a business potentially if, uh, if they're not interested in you and you're coming to beg them to carry you, we were fortunate enough that they were interested in us. Mm-hmm. So they were willing to bend over a little bit and, and be more malleable what they would consider. So for me personally, those accounts are strong. Now, I don't know the, the state of their, their business or their financials. I know the stocks aren't doing great, but we've, we haven't experienced any kind of slowdown or anything. And then for brick and mortar in general, I think brick and mortar is going to be here for a long time. The people who provide service and provide yeah. value to the customers, people that are just cashiers, yeah, that, that's probably going to you know go away. But the strong retailers, I think, will be here for, for plenty of time. Sure. 
Yeah, same thing. Exactly the same as what uh, Aaron said. Like, we weren't built to be a brick-and-mortar brand. We were built to be online and online only because we just couldn't give up the margin. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, thankfully, they approached us. The first time we couldn't do business because we probably would have been out of business within a week, uh, you know, based on the margin requirements. But then after a while, obviously, if the demand is there, then they're going to approach you again. So we had uh, that another discussion, was able to compromise and uh, get in there. And like with Vitamin Shop, it's been fantastic. And I think because, you know, I'm all about prioritizing health. Of course, we want to look good, but yeah. you know, what the use, what uses my bicep when I'm 100 years old, it's not going to get me there. Uh, so I'm always trying to prioritize the health, you know, whether, you know, from various standpoints. And I think if you look at the shelves in Vitamin Shop, a lot of it is health-based. They got their apple cider vinegar, they got their collagen, they got their beauty products. So we're able to kind of merge those two together with the sports supplements mm -hmm. sector. So it, it's worked out very, very well for us. And you're always going to have the consumer, much like the person who likes to purchase whoops, a book sure. over looking at a, a Kindle or something like that. I'm that old school person. Right. And there's got a lot of people out there that are kind of instinctive purchasers. You know, they're next door uh, at Bed Bath & Beyond. There's a vitamin shop or a GNC right across the way. They're going to go in there and maybe they live in an apartment so they can't stock up, but they can get some smaller, you know, commodity products uh, to go. And, you know, that definitely works in the UK, I know for sure. Uh, you know, you got a lot of people working in heavily populated areas and not going to be, you know, ordering online all the time. They're going to go to the local GNC or vitamin shop and pick up from there. Of course, yeah, Amazon is the big gorilla in the room, but it seems to be a bigger gorilla to other online retailers as opposed to the brick and mortar in regards to the supplement industry. So it seems to be surviving well. What's interesting is you, you mentioned that Cage Muscle was built to be an online brand only, but what you both have done very well is create consumer demand to the point where they're walking in the brick and mortar and demanding that they carry both your brands. And now there, there are a lot of people that have a hard time getting in the brick and mortar, a hard time getting the retail in general. What was, was there a sp specific strategy in mind for both your brands? Like, did we want to build this brand to be cool so consumers demand it? Is that the ultimate goal when you built a quote-unquote online-only brand? Uh, well, with, with us, it was just basically we're going to put all the money into the ingredients and that was it. Are we going to be left with uh, marketing spend? Probably not, uh, which is the way that we're going to go. So we're either going to put all of our eggs in a basket of the quality, let that speak for itself. Of course, it's going to take time to pick up, but I'm quite confident when people try something, they will stay loyal to it if mm -hmm. they like it. And that's kind of the, what, the strategy that we've had. It's like, okay, we're not going to you know, hit the ground running, we will be walking, but hopefully eventually we'll be running based on word of mouth yeah. and, you know, consumer reports and, you know, the feedback that they provide. So, you know, from the beginning, that's why when we launched, we launched with single form ingredients and other uh, people that I know own other uh, supplement companies thought I was crazy doing that because we're launching with a glutamine, you know, or a citrulline or BCAA. However, we were doing a fermented route, so it was a little bit different back then to what other people were doing. So we decided just to continue to go down that road, as many patented ingredients as possible, organic, fermented, and you know, but not really put a lot of spend in marketing. You know, we can't really afford to do a lot of expos or magazine ads or whatever. It's one or the other, but that's the decision that we decided to go with and follow through. Mm -hmm. Well. For uh, for us, you know, we uh, 
I think initially, you know, I'm a big believer in direct to consumer. Mm -hmm. So, and uh, that's obviously like uh, if you want to build a brand and you want to capture data and, uh, and that's really what the key these days is capturing data and knowing who your customer is and knowing with that data, using that to market, to find new customers. Uh, we knew that uh, I knew from the very beginning, I wanted to heavily focus on direct to consumer. And I was always a big believer that if you do a good job, I still am obviously a big believer. You do a good job of marketing and uh, putting the uh, brand out there and making people aware of the brand uh, in a funny way or a, a way that elicits emotion or whatever, then they are going to remember that brand, whether they buy it online or they buy it on Amazon. But when they walk into this, like Chris said, there's people that are that are consumers that are just going to buy in the store. Like for me, I'm not going to buy in a store. I don't mm -hmm. buy clothes in a store. I don't buy my underwear in a store. I don't buy not, in that zero. Right. So I will never be a store customer. But the flip side of that, a lot of people uh, here and even in the office that tell me they don't shop at all online. They rather get their thing and get it right away and have right. it. So a person who walks into vitamin shop. They walk in and they're going to buy there who they recognize, who they think is cool, what they've heard about from other consumers. That's an important factor for those people, too. So by spending the money and advertising and doing pumping out value and content, entertainment, whatever, um, you are hopefully driving them to purchase off your site. But the other, you know, effect, the kind of a snowball effect is that as customers purchase, they tell other customers and as people see the, the things you're doing, when they walk into those stores, they're already aware and interested in the product. So, yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the big uh, thing. So there, I believe, you know, Eric um, and I, uh, Eric Hart, the vice president, we talk yep. about, you know, the goal for us has always been to be that kind of unicorn supplement company that has that direct to consumer that has Amazon, that has international and has corporate and has FDM and has specialty stores. Um, so we, we've, you know, from day one, the goal has always been, even though I was embarrassed to say it, it was always been to be the biggest sports supplement company in, in the world. Right. And, uh, you know, as we get closer, I'm not as embarrassed saying that anymore. But um, yeah, that's always been the goal. So we, we went, you know, big and we continue to go big. Yeah. Well, so also let me, can, I, can I ask you a question, Aaron? So I, I'm curious, you know, if, you know, DTC obviously is huge, but are you afraid that maybe other companies such as a GNC or Vitamin Shop may look at that as like competition and not get behind you as strong? Because that's something that's always playing with us is like, well, do we do a little bit more DTC or do we get behind the partners? Can we do both? So so my, my answer to that is that I um, that if the brand wasn't strong, right, then there's no doubt that they would we would get complaints. So mm -hmm. like. The old, um, the old like uh, wisdom, right, would would be just that 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 um, in the old days, um, or not even the old days for a lot of brands. Period. Right now, GNC would be hitting them up like somebody like me and saying, "You're driving your customers to your website instead of driving them to GNC.com." And at that point, if you're not a strong brand, they'll be like, "Well, you need to change that." Or, <laughs> but for us, if they said that to me, I'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, I am, a hundred percent." I'm never going to drive them to the, to the GNC.com over my own website. Doesn't make sense. But if they say I want to buy in a store, I am more than happy to spend marketing budget to get them into the store. So I would never compromise um, that, and I wouldn't be I wouldn't be dishonest with them either. I I was straight up telling them, and I have before in meetings that that I have no interest in. Um, like for example, with Vitamin Shop is a great example. They require a marketing spend with them. And I have no problem spending the money, but I want my money spent in in-store marketing. I don't want my money spent on Google AdWords to get them. It just doesn't make sense to me. Um, and I'm happy to use my marketing spend to do a line drive or some kind of in-store promotion. 
Um, so I, uh, I went in real honest with them. And I think that if you come like say cage muscle was brand new or a red is brand new and I walked into a vitamin shop meeting and they hadn't seen any success and they didn't see the demand, I think they'd be in a really strong position, but because we're so, we were strong and then from, from, from basically from the moment we walked in, I had a lot of leverage. Mm-hmm. And so I've just been honest and I, and I tell them that, and I, you know, I tell retailers that, and I explained that all of the marketing that we do do to get them to the site has that effect ar- mm-hmm. around the brand. So like when you guys do stuff, your social media posts, um, that maybe help them drag them to the, the website, your website, but it's also helping vitamin shop at the same time. Right. Yeah, for sure. It is, it is elevating the awareness elsewhere. Well, I always thought, and Aaron, we've had this conversation before, is people will, will specifically on Redcon side, they'll complain, retailers will complain about the, the, the sales that you run, the discounts, which is a DDC model. But at the same time, they have to carry the brand because, to your point, consumers that want it right now and here, they're walking into that store saying, where's Total War? Where's Redcon 1? Requiring these retailers to submit a PO to Redcon 1 and carry the product. So it's, it's very interesting when I look at Redcon, just as a brand, as, as an isolated brand, it's like you were able to you know, obviously drive awareness to the store level where the stores are basically requiring themselves to carry it because consumers want it. And you have a, probably the strongest direct to consumer model on the internet when it comes to sports nutrition at this point, which is, which is crazy. And that kind of brings me like to my next point here. You guys have built your brands in two different ways. Like Aaron, you, you do a ton of marketing. You have a ton of video content out there, social ads, Google AdWords everywhere. Cage, not so much. Like Chris, you have your video training series, which is great. You have your, your group who, I mean, you have your loyalists that love Chris Gethin. Like, it is Chris Gethin 24-7. But you both have been able to build these big brands, and you both have products that are good. So um, the, the, the difference in approach and building, like, Chris, yours seems almost more like a slower build. And Redcon, you guys just, like, fucking blew up pretty quick. I mean, in, in but, terms but of that. Funny, but the funny thing is Chris isn't slow, though. You know what I mean? Chris has reached a level where most companies never, ever reach. Correct. So in in yeah. four years, is even though – it seems like it's probably to Chris been a while. That's pretty pretty damn fast. Right. You know? And how long, Chris, how long were you guys with BBCom exclusive? One year. One, One year. year, exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. after that, we decided, okay, uh, we're probably getting a little bit bigger than we anticipated, even though, yeah, it was slow. But like you said, in comparison to some brands, mm-hmm. quicker. Uh, it, you know, it was a, a slower reach because, you know, we, we try to put, if we do have any additional spend, we put it into education. I'm not a marketing, I don't come from a marketing background. Aaron's very, very good at marketing. That's his background. I'm more of an educational based content, videos, yep. articles, etc. So that's kind of my, my playing card. Yeah, and it's, it, what I want you guys are both obviously very transparent in your lives in terms of you have Instagram, you're showing like, Chris, your personal life on Instagram. Aaron, your personal life on Instagram. And we talked about this recently on a, on a different podcast I do about being like front and center in the spotlight as a brand owner. How important has it been, do you think, to your overall success as a brand to put yourself out there to be, be, be vulnerable? I mean, for, to have people look into your lives behind the scenes and be able to live your life vicariously through you and through your Instagram stories and your posts. Do you want to go, Aaron? Uh, go ahead, Chris. Okay. Uh, well, it's extremely important. Like, if it wasn't for businesses, I probably wouldn't have any social networks. Uh, you know, when I started at Bodybuild.com, I remember 
the person in charge of marketing back then, Crystal Matthews, said, you have to have a fan page. I'm like, I'm not going to get a Facebook fan page. <laughs> then I got a Facebook fan page. Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, you know, you, you kind of, you know, just like get in front of the camera, you know, you forced yourself into that position. But then you think, OK, I'm really glad that I did that because now I am have been given the opportunity to give out content and answer people's questions, much like I wish somebody had done that for me when I was growing up in Wales in on a farm and I'm like okay there's no bodybuilders around here i can't ask my family they know nothing about this what do i do i pick up a magazine look at the before and after picture and that supplements and go okay i'll make that purchase because maybe that's how i get there but now we have the opportunity to interact do our webinars do our live feeds our podcasts our video series so we can interact and help these people and give somebody to relate to because you know let, let's face it we don't relate to that many people really you know, there's a few people within our social circle that we kind of stick to over long term. Sure. There's a lot of people out there that just do not relate to a lot of the people that's putting out the content. But there's somebody, maybe it's somebody that Aaron has transformed or who I've transformed and they can relate to that person. So it's a crowd source of inspiration that you try to attach to this single module that can kind of spread itself out. And hopefully through that crowd source of inspiration, that it'll just get out there. And it's just a wonderful time. Mm. for us to live in because you think about it like 10 years ago we didn't have half of these platforms that we're utilizing what's going to be happening in the next 20 years i have no idea but you know i think it's a fantastic time and we need to use it to the best of our abilities of course you're going to have a lot of people out there that have no qualifications or don't know what re really what they're talking about and unfortunately people are going to purchase from them yeah uh, you know, all we can do is do our job and hopefully you know the unbiased decision will come down to us at the end of the day um, for, I'm, I agree with, first off, I agree with everything Chris said. It's amazing the potential that the phone has that you can communicate with literally millions of people and you have the potential to communicate with basically anybody now and, and your ideas and thoughts can be available for anybody to consume. Like Chris, I, I remember as a teenager at, when I was I didn't grow up in a farm, uh, but I, in Wales, but I grew up in uh, Metairie, Louisiana, uh, outside of New Orleans. And, uh, I did not have the balls to go up to the box. There's a few bodybuilders in my gym. I have the balls to go up and ask them anything as a teenager. Mm. Um, there are, I had a lot of questions, but I just didn't have the balls to do it. And now, man, I mean, it's all at our fingertips. I mean, the answer to every question and, and the expert, I mean, to be able to reach an expert is unbelievable. So for me, I'm a huge believer in personalizing your business. And mm. I think me and you have talked about this before, Ryan said, yep. be personalizing your business is very, very important now. Um, because people want to buy from people that they like or people they relate to. Mm. Uh, when I was a kid, um, Sears, my dad thought Sears is this unstoppable company, you know, and anything. I remember Sears because by our house. He'd be like, well, if you buy it from Sears, that means it's good. Right. Now Sears is out of business, right? Yeah. Uh, and who the hell knew who Sears was anyway? There's it's a board, and there's I'm sure there was a CEO, and but nobody knew anybody. And now those, uh, especially younger people, they want to like the person. They want to know who the person is. So, also like Chris, I don't think that I um if I didn't have any business, I don't know what I would be what I would do on social media. I I honestly kind of tie everything in uh, to business, even showing my family and stuff like that. I don't know if I'd be doing that otherwise, because I even though like I'm doing it now because I have all these relationships and people watching and uh, I get a lot of good positive feedback. And obviously it all ties back to the thing I said about knowing the person and liking them. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know if I don't know if I'd be even doing any of that, because um, like a lot of my friends that are not inside of this fitness circle, they think it's weird. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I think you have to put yourself out there. 
with some transparency, known that this is much bigger than yourself, isn't it? Because you're like, not only do you get people contacting you saying, yeah, I need to work on my upper pecs, but a lot of people are uh, dealing with eating disorders or mental disorders that reach out and they find help within the gym, but they found it via yourself. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, when you look at that perspective and think, okay, I am too tired to get up, you know, this morning, I'm going to hit the alarm. You think about that and you go, no. So it kind of works both ways. It works to your advantage as a form of accountability and get you off your own ass. Mm. Oh, for sure. For sure. I know the one thing, you know, this is another similarity for Chris and I, you know, my, when I talk about, and I don't do it enough, but talk about my history, you know, with being addicted to heroin and everything, people see what's going on in my life now, just like they see what's going on in both your lives because of social media. And it, and I get so much positive feedback where people, because you don't realize how many people are out there that are oh, either God, suffering yeah. with like addiction in this case or uh, or have recovered but don't know where their life is going, trying to figure out where they're going to go. And then they see um, somebody that is for a little further along in terms of getting away from it and creating success. And I get so much positive feedback from that that it's like I actually, you know, you're actually helping somebody whether you know it or not. So that's mm -hmm. pretty awesome. I was, I was talking to somebody yesterday, actually, about that, who, who also has an addictive personality, how they've used that to their advantage now. Like, is that something that really helped you as well? If you have this addictive personality that could take you towards drink or alcohol or something like that, now you turn that into health, fitness, bodybuilding, business? For me, 100%. I tell people all the time um, that I have an extremely addictive and very obsessive, compulsive personality. I'm, I, I do stuff to, to the to a, such an extreme like i mean chris i know you do for sure i watch his social i know chris is like you know look at him he's fucking on the treadmill right now <laughs> um so um I, i'm not shining a red light on my balls so. not yet not yet <laughs> no lower body red lights right now um so i mean for me i i have been able to channel that um for sure into positivity and because i have a family and a wife I don't go overboard even with this stuff because she makes sure she said, you know, by 7 p.m. I'm at the office. She's texting me. Where are you? Get home. You know what I mean? Come home. Come home. And, you know, if I didn't have that, I would go really overboard in this. I would just be here. I would I would live in the office. Right. I would just sleep and breathe, think all day long about Facebook ads or something. You know what I mean? I literally honestly I would be a, I'd be a maniac with it. So I have some forced balance in my life and I built some routines that like I, I do my cardio every morning. I, I weight train during, uh, during the day or in the evening and it kind of creates some, some balance that I've, you know, forced on myself, but I'm crazy obsessive. And I actually tell people, Chris, I think you probably agree. Most bodybuilders for some reason that are successful or just that are really involved either have that or, or build that kind of obsession to stay on a diet, to, to compete, to do shit that your body doesn't want you to do. Um, because it takes a lot of discipline, but very rarely, for some reason, have they been able to translate it. It's a very unusual bodybuilder that takes what they have, uh, that innate kind of whatever their either innate ability or something they built, and transfers it into success. But I think it's there for everybody. Oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. Because like if you have the discipline to get up and eat this many meals every single day, then it's a very easy transference into something else. Right. But like you said, a lot of people just don't unlock it. Uh, for some reason, but you know, if you keep your pivotal foot in bodybuilding or some sort of a sporting endeavor that in requires this discipline, then it's very easy for you to put it out there into other aspects of your life. If you are dealing with problems with discipline elsewhere or motivation, it, it's it, it's an easy transference. But I, I guess a lot of people don't understand the reasoning behind them. You know, like I got into bodybuilding not because I like jumping on stage, but I love bodybuilding. 
So when I gave up competing, I still carried on training with the same sort of passion as I did before. But I think a lot of people actually get into bodybuilding because they just want to compete mm -hmm. and want to see how well they do on stage. So then when they give up, they give up training altogether and they haven't used that to their advantage in other areas of their life as well, whether it be business or elsewhere. So this is it. The new flavor is in production as we speak. We've been hyped about this for months and the time is finally here. So let's go check it out. In here. This is it. Galaxy Burst. This flavor has a burst of candy with a hint of tart, leaving your taste buds begging for more. It's fruity and creamy, yet sweet and tangy. After months of testing and formulation, this galactic flavor is sure to take over the galaxy. Now let's give it a try. So good. Hey, what are you doing? Oh, time to go. <laughs> Sick booth. This thing is massive. Day one of Buddy Bar Expo. Now for a couple words from your sponsors. The busiest expo day we've ever had. Dad, these guys don't know what's coming. Yeah, you guys both mentioned bodybuilding, which is uh, which is an interesting. Like, obviously, all three of us love the sport of bodybuilding. And Chris, recently this year, Branch joined Team Cage Muscle. Branch Warren, who I absolutely love. Um, Aaron, you have plenty of bodybuilders. You have potentially a future, like Sandow winner. And Luke, he's 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 looks amazing. The concept of having athletes under the umbrella for the brand. There's always been this talk like athletes aren't particularly loyal. They could take their crowd of people to another brand when their contract runs out and take that group of people. What's the mindset for both of you when you guys sign a deal or a partnership with a bodybuilder or an athlete, and how important is that in your sort of eyes in terms of brand building marketing? Do you want to go, Aaron? Sure, sure. So um, so for me, I uh, have a pretty analytical way to look at athletes now. I mean, no, well, so the first thing that they've got to be uh, is they've got to be uh, good people. Mm -hmm. so, that, that, so I have to like them and feel like they fit the brand and they fit like in terms of like being part of the team. So if somebody is like, I'll give you two examples that don't fit. If a guy is like a dickhead and like an asshole, I don't, and people don't like him, it doesn't matter how big their following is or whatever, if they're a bad, if they don't fit, they're a bad person. Other one is like, we get people a lot that have really big followings that they don't fit the brand at all. So like I had a girl recently reach out who has 11 million followers on Instagram. Wow. 
uh, big following, and she wanted a very reasonable price. But she, her whole Instagram is her ass, basically. It's like her butt. You know, it's like, you know, not nudity, but like implied yeah. nudity. Do you want to send her details over? Yeah. I'll send <laughs> so um, so uh, she, uh, she, she was, you know, look, and I have, by the way, I'm all for all her pictures are great. You know, I think she looked beautiful, hot, whatever. And I'm all about butts and boobs and whatever. Right. But that doesn't fit the brand for us, even though she has a great following and, uh, and looks great. Never. It would be um, incongruous. It would not fit our branding at all. So I told her no. And uh, and even if she said, hey, I'll do it for half the price, which is already a reasonable price, I wouldn't do it. Sure. Because it just doesn't make sense uh, for us and the branding. Um, so those are the two reasons that I wouldn't. But the reasons that I would is good person, uh, good following that has engagement, good engagement. And and then I'm buying impressions. So mm-hmm. that's kind of how I look at it. Just like when people would buy in a, in a magazine at AMI, you know, you look at the distribution and the amount of impressions that reach the person has. And then if they fit the brand and, uh, and, and I like them, then I'm strictly looking at what is their impressions worth to me. Mm-hmm. And I make an offer based on those impressions. So um, when you're talking about – this is so I have 39 athletes. Yeah. A lot. And so I'm a, I'm a big proponent of, um, of, amb- of, of marketing through Instagram and through uh, ambassadors. And obviously we have the big tier operator program. But uh, influencer marketing is a, is a powerful – really reasonable way to advertise. Mm-hmm. So um, I look at it pretty much like a, a math problem with uh, with the caveat that I, it has to be a good person. That's, sure. And, and you've got a lot of ambassadors on board as well, haven't you? 7,700 um, ambassadors. Yeah. That's your program. Yeah, that's huge. That's huge. Yeah. For, for uh, like Branch, I've known Branch for many, many years uh, since oh, 2005, I think. Uh, Branch is a great guy. Always mm-hmm. got on uh, well with Branch. And, uh, you know, when he showed some interest to come on with Cage Muscle, yeah, we were definitely all ears. You know, I really like that guy's mentality, just like Aaron said. It has to be a very good person. He's really down-to-earth, honest, very nice, personable uh, guy. And I just thought he was a good fit because, you know, I just love the hardcore training. Like, we train very similar. You know, we have a lot of anger when we go into the gym. You know, it's not very slow and controlled and... You know, we call it controlled cheating, but I think we both train with a lot of anger. So there's a lot of similarities there. And I, I kind of like that. I wouldn't suggest a lot of people train like that. However, if it's within your personality, it's a good match. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we have a, we have uh, quite a few females on board because I generally don't speak to the female consumer as much as I do to the male consumer. Right. You know, that that's on me completely. You know, at an expo, you'd see somebody like Steve Cook and all the line is just females. I maybe have two females, and that's because they're with their husband, you know, in line. That they don't come near me. Uh, probably the other way. So, you know, we have females there that will actually speak to the consumer because, you know, you look at the name Caged Muscle. It sounds kind of hardcore. It really isn't a hardcore brand. We right. try to, like I said, we focus on uh, a lot of the health aspects of the consumer. However, females don't really understand that as much. So we want to make sure that we have the, the right female voices out there that are a good fit, that are educated, that are personable, that people can relate to, that can help, uh, you know, the other demographic out there that, or other demographics that we don't generally reach to, uh, to ensure that they have the awareness of what the product's about, again, through an educational manner. Mm-hmm. You mentioned ambassadors too, and I've had ambassadors from both Cage Muscle and Redcon reach out to me, and they're all the ones that I know and I'm friends with, great people. But I think Aaron, you just mentioned 7,700 uh, ambassadors. That's a lot. How do you both 
control the brand story, control the messaging through your ambassadors because they can go on forms, they can post Instagram posts and Facebook posts that is, you know, unintentionally, but a, a, a direct sort of like link back to you guys and back to maybe what Red Connor Cage Muscle stands for. And that could hurt the brand. I mean, maybe not in the, in the big scheme of things, but like these guys can say and do what they want. So how do you control the messaging and how they go out there and interact with the audiences via social platforms? Uh, well, well, we go through a tough vetting process. We don't have anywhere near 7,700, so it's probably a little bit easier for us to control. But we go through a, you know, quite a tough vetting sort of process to ensure that these people haven't just started talking about another brand and now they just want to jump onto your brand and making sure that they're putting out good educational content. They haven't got a screw loose. Uh, and then, you know, we send them out like an ambassador pack to say sure. these, these are the things that you can say, because obviously we have to go with FDA and compliance to ensure that they're not saying the right or wrong thing. You know, it's not this is not here to cure disease. Mm -hmm. It's here to help with this, 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 this. And, and that's all we can do. We continue to go back to their profiles to look at the posts. We do ask them to hashtag certain tags as well so we can go in and check on them. That's pretty much all we can do. But so far, we haven't had any problems such work. Yeah. So, uh, like uh, like Chris mentioned, it's I, it is difficult because with that many people, uh, what we have is a is a whole de basically department uh, that handles the tier operator program. Uh, we right now we have uh, three full time people that f the, their whole job uh, Ben Skyler and now Maddie Forberg who mm -hmm. is an athlete also moved here to help, uh, and we also have a, a part time. Uh, guy Matt, who is uh, who oversees and helps Matt Sino. So there's really four people who are running the program, and um, it is uh, it is a big job. Man. It's a really big job in keeping people on brand and saying the right stuff. Chris mentioned like the big thing you can get in serious trouble for in our industry is making disease claims, and uh, you got to like let them know. So we have a closed group um, on Facebook that has about half of our uh, membership, and then. We have an Instagram thing. We have a newsletter list. We have a, a forum, internal board forum, uh, on the on the site. Uh, the password protected. You have sure. to get up, to get in there, and and uh, we do our best to keep them educated. We have a mentorship program where where some of the ones that have more experience and are on the higher level mentor the new people coming in. So it's it's a constant uh, thing, though. As the, as the program grows, we're constantly upgrading it and thinking about how we can not only bring in more people but how to make the, the people that we're using top notch. We also use our people for um, appearances. Mm -hmm. So um, at any, any given weekend, we could have up to 15 or 20 uh, demos right. all over the country and, and some of them all over the world, but mostly all over America. And that is a big project because when you send somebody to represent you at, let's say they go to rocks, right? So rocks in, in Texas, you better make sure that the person there like, you know, looks part of the brand they're wearing the right clothes they set up the booth correctly or the table correctly they know about the products the last thing you want is to put a poor representative mm -hmm. in front of your product somebody walks up and says hey what's this emery and they go oh um it's like a protein you know it'd be like oh shit so now you're you're actually doing yourself a disservice by having them so there is a, a process and uh, as we continue to grow we're trying to do better and better with uh, the tier operator program and, and move people up. And, and actually, you know, we brought a lot of employees on from the tier operator program. We brought in a handful of elite athletes from the tier operator program. And so we're trying to show these people, it's almost like our minor leagues yeah. to get into the big leagues, you know? 
Another thing too uh, that is super interesting is you you both. It's not interesting because it's kind of like the way that we expect as consumers now. But you both have fully transparent products across the board, right? You look at Total War, you know what you're getting in each thing. You look at Pre Cage, same exact thing. There's this new trend now in sports nutrition of the stimulant blends and bringing back these, bringing back the proprietary blends. Um, and it, I want your take on that because you two are very, uh, you know, very important voices in the industry. What you say means a lot to people. I'd love to get your take on what's what's your take on proprietary blends in general, and now this new trend of bringing back a stimulant proprietary blend that consumer that companies are doing. Shall I go? Yeah, go ahead, Chris. Yeah, uh, never been a believer in prop, prop blends, uh, to be honest with you, only because we know that people can take advantage of that uh, for themselves and uh, for basically sometimes the health of the consumer mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, the pocket of the consumer. So I've never been a believer in, in the prop blends when, you know, so many people can hide behind them. Uh, you know, if there's... Um, an adequate reasoning behind them. So IE with our uh, amino synergy, which is our amino acid blend, mm -hmm, yep. then there is a blend in there. However, it's protected by Ajinomoto because they spent nine years in research to find out which was the correct ratio that gave the best results for muscle protein synthesis. So they protected it so no one else could take it. So that, okay, I appreciate. But when they hide behind the blend, yeah, not so much. I'm not a huge uh, component of stimulants. You know, I'm, I'm far from the American who goes to <laughs> Starbucks and says, yeah, I'll have four shots. I'm like, mind blown, you know. We don't do that. You've been to the UK, Aaron. We have little tiny cups like this, you know. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm not generally into uh, overstimulating my adrenal glands. And, uh, you know, I try to stay as hydrated as I possibly can. So I don't want the diuretic effect of a huge amount of stimulants or uh, caffeine. You know, I, I, I think that when people have to take so many nootropics and so many stimulants just to get their ass to the gym, they need to question why they're training because they should be able to have the, the light under their own ass to get there and, you know, push yourself just like any athlete in any athletic endeavor. You know, if you want to dominate the Tour de France, then it ain't going to be a pre-workout that's going to do that. That's going to be your athletic ability enabled, that enables you to recover, to sleep, to perform, to hydrate with nutrition. We've got this little bit of icing on top of the mm -hmm. cake, which is the supplement that's going to take you to that next level, right. but you shouldn't rely upon it, not from a stimulant perspective anyway. Yeah, so for me, um, the proprietary blends, we made a decision uh, when Redcon, before Redcon even started to have transparent labels, you know, I totally get uh, the, the, the thought process. And actually, I've talked to a lot of people outside of our industry who are, who are confused by the fact that, that uh, we're transparent. Because they're like, well, there's no, you have nothing proprietary. You have no, you have no IP. You know, anybody can create Total War. I mean, literally, you know, as you know, Ryan and uh, Chris, you could take the formula and say, I want to make Total War and, and somebody will make it for you. Right. And, uh, and so I understand the thought process of creating a proprietary blend to, to hide the secret sauce, right? The problem is that people don't do that. You know, they do it, they do it to sprinkle on a little bit and to, to, uh, to make it look um, appealing, you know, when there's not as much. Like if you, if you make a proprietary blend for a pre-workout and it says citrulline malate, they probably don't have six grams, right? If it's a proprietary blend, they're trying to save money or, yep. uh, you know, I don't know. You know, I think a lot of times that's where it comes from is saving money or, you know, or making a consumer think that it has more than it does. And mm -hmm. so that's, that's in my opinion, you know, the reason we are transparent on our labeling because I want people to feel confident that, that they know what they're getting in the product 
same as we do our testing and everything. And I want people to know that when they buy the Redcon product, that what's on the label, if it says six grams of citrulline malate, you better believe you're going to get six grams of citrulline malate. And um, and so so basically, I'm. Uh, it was a very. Um, it was a decision that was made very early on, uh, before we even got going, and uh, we knew we wanted to be transparent. And it's interesting that the industry uh, has really followed that, and then now we're seeing a little bit more of the proprietary blends. Uh, and I think a lot of it, you know, too, also is because there's only so much you can do with supplements and stay in between the lines. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're going to be really innovative, what that means to me, when somebody says I'm going to make very, very innovative products, I think that means non-compliant. You know what I mean? So, like, if you're going to make it super innovative, that I just think that means putting ingredients that are not uh, that are not compliant. Sure. So if you want to stay compliant and you want to stay uh, with by the guidelines, I think that people try to get fancy by naming their blend or something, you know, to confuse people or think that there's something unique in it. You know? Yeah. And I think the reason why they might be going back towards the blends as well is that you're seeing a lot of marketing go towards younger consumers now. Uh, you know, I'm not going to name any brands that are uh, that are doing that. Uh, but I think, you know, when you put a fancy name that sounds very appealing to that first time purchaser, maybe they, they don't care if that purchaser uh, comes back. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, you know, we've seen a lot of brands come and go. They become massive and then they just fall off the face of the earth because everybody purchased once, but then they don't purchase again. So they do a lot of marketing specifically to that single purchase consumer. Chris, you mentioned something that is of interest to me and actually I'm super passionate about is this this thought, this, this, this mindset, this state of life that we're in America of over, overstimulation. Pre-workouts with 600 milligrams of caffeine and just insane amounts of, of ingredients. You both don't have crazy high stimulant products in your portfolio at all. I mean, they are, they are pre-workouts designed that should work for anybody. If it doesn't work for that somebody, then they should probably get off of caffeine. Um, but we, we keep seeing high stim and high stim and high stim releases in this industry to the point where people are starting to question what the hell we're doing. Why, why is this overstimulation thing like being allowed? Why, why are consumers loving it? I mean, it's not good for your it's, – it's counterintuitive to fitness and to a healthy lifestyle, but we keep consuming products that are crazy high. Do you guys have any, any thoughts behind why that is? Well, you look at it like, for instance, a pre-workout. It's a big seller, isn't it? You know, huge because you feel it straight away. Right. But you're not going to see as many people take glutamine, but maybe glutamine is going to have more benefits for that person in the long run, you know, because it, ha it has so many different components to it that can is assist, uh, you know. So I, I think a lot of people just go out for that feeling. So they feel something immediately. It must be working. Mm. If I've overstimulated which can lead to anxiety, but they love the anxiety. Who knows? They're not able to focus, yeah. but maybe their, you know, their judgment is clouded by exactly what like a pre-workout should do. Mm. Is it hydrating you? Is it, is it keeping you in an anti-catabolic environment? Is it providing blood vasodilation? Is it buffering lactic acid? Maybe they're not asking all those things. They're just going, am I feeling jacked? Right. Yes, it must be great. Yeah, people like to people like to feel cracked out. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> they like to feel cracked out, and so it's easy, um, an easy marketing thing to say we have the strongest, craziest pre workout. You know, so for me personally, I don't like that feeling. Chris mentioned anxiety. Me, I can't take a lot of that stuff. So like, especially like now, we've the industry has changed a lot recently with the exotic stimulants. So even three or four years ago, there was a lot more. You know, with the original formula of Total War it had DMHA in it, mm -hmm. and a lot of people say. Oh, I wish that you had total war with DMHA. Here you know, all the time. 
Yeah, and and uh, and I'm so happy that it's not in there. I I prefer this formula ten times more for a whole bunch of reasons, but I don't like I like so Total War has enough in it to get me going. So on a day like a leg day, I don't feel like going in, or a day that you know like uh, yesterday, I felt like uh, not training. But Total War, I took a scoop and it made me get in the gym. It gave me a great pump, and uh, and I felt like I had a good workout. And would I had a good great workout anyway? Maybe, but I think it helped. You know, I think it helped. Now. If I were to take, you know, some of the older products that are out there, like I remember back in the day, I took one MR. I would feel when I was this when I was like uh, in my mid twenties, I guess, or so, maybe later later twenties. I'd take a scoop of that. I'd feel like a fucking maniac. Yeah. I want to slam my head into the wall, and I don't want that anymore, man. I would, I wouldn't, I would run from that stuff now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I feel like it would give me anxiety. So yeah, I don't need more anxiety in my life. <laughs> yeah, and to a certain degree, like look at us, we're in the health and fitness industry. Like, are a lot of those supplements healthy for you? And probably not, you know? Is that going to heal your future or is it going to harm it? Well, probably harm it. So then you have to look at it logically and go, well, you know what? I'm probably better off without this because not only am I trying to evolve physically, but, you know, uh, internally as well. You know, you've got to think about these things. And like Aaron says, as we get a little bit older, you're a little bit more conscious of those things. Yeah. Well, what I want to do as we wrap this thing up is how I did it last time too. I think it's interesting, but you guys have been conversing back and forth quite a bit. But Aaron, has there any been anything like when you looked at Cage Muscle that you admire that you, that what Chris has done with that brand, what his team has done with that brand, and the four years they've been in existence that that you admire that you might incorporate some of the philosophies that he had built within Cage Muscle into Redcon One to help you build what it is today. So um, I could say I definitely admire you know when Chris talks about. Um, being healthy and health conscious, having efficacious doses and, and not taking shortcuts and stuff like that, that definitely uh, speaks to me. And I think that's a very important thing in our industry. You know, people base a lot of um, their formulations on margin analysis. And uh, one of the things I'm proud that we don't do, and Chris has been like, really, you know, that's one of his, one of the things that he really speaks about and something that he based a lot of his business decisions on is not worrying about margin analysis. And so like when me and uh, really Silky Tube of Eric Hart really formulates the products, not me, but when we sit down never once as Eric said, uh, you know what, we have to cut back on this or that um, out of my formula because it's too much money and uh, customer, we won't make enough profit on this or whatever. Um, that has never happened. And uh, that's something that I definitely admire uh, that, that uh, Chris speaks about all the time and has kind of lived his whole business life uh, by that motto. You know? Yeah. And Chris, what about you with, with Aaron, what he's done with Redcon 1? Do you know what? I absolutely love uh, Aaron's marketing behind the product because, like, he doesn't sell something. He doesn't sell something that he's not actually selling from those shelves or within that box. You know, mm-hmm. and you get a lot of people with this, in this industry. You know, we all know the old school, yeah, 800% better, da-da-da. Like, that doesn't happen. What you see, what you get. And it's not overly expensive. It isn't crazy expensive prices where a lot of companies will, you know, you go to, you know, GNC and you look behind the glass counter and you're like, 149 bucks for that, those ingredients? And you know what, you know, what those costs are. And Aaron hasn't done that at all, but I absolutely love the marketing. There's marketing that I really loved some years ago, and that was Grenade. You know, I know Alan Barrett of uh, Grenade very, very great well. Guy. Great and the market, guy. Yeah, great guy. And the marketing that those guys did over specifically in the UK was unbelievable. Like his protein bar now is like the second best-selling bar, bar none, 
in the UK mm -hmm. behind Snickers, you know, the marketing that they've done is fantastic. And like, you've got a very sort of militant feel behind Redcon as well. And I really like the direction that has gone because it, it takes that hardcore consumer, that militant consumer who feels like, you know, total war, you're going into the gym for war. And I really like how they've captivated that consumer. I think it's uh, they've done a very good job in a very, very short time. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Chris, Cage Muscle, what can we look forward to here in, in 2019 coming from the brand? Uh, well, you know, we're still going to go slow and steady, you know, because a lot of people said, hey, I need more flavors. Yeah, we don't have that many SKUs because it takes us about nine months to flavor each product. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so we'll continue to take our time because I feel like I just had like the eighth batch of a new flavor uh, last week and uh, of, a, of, a, of our pre-cage. And I like it taking time. So, you know, we'll continue to go down that road. We're looking at uh, releasing uh, an all-natural multivitamin, uh, a fish oil as well, and uh, vegetable-based protein. And uh, we've got a couple of other things in the, in the pipeline, but that'll take us a lot longer as well. So we're just working on expanding the line, but nothing crazy. Nothing sure. crazy. We mentioned vegetable-based protein. Obviously, Aaron, you had Green Beret that came out this year to much success for the brand. Uh, I feel like Redcon's coming out with something, uh, you know, all the time. Yeah. What, uh, what are you looking forward to most here for the rest of the year for Redcon? It's funny because Chris so just shows you, like, Chris has been successful. Cage Muscle is very successful. But we do things so differently. Mm -hmm. So, like what Chris said, I'm all, I can almost say the uh, complete opposite. Yeah. We're going to go as fast as we fucking can. Get pedal to the metal. We're coming out with tons of new shit. And it's going to be world domination this year. Yeah. yeah that's literally, that's literally like what I, you know, what my uh, thought process is. I mean, we were really expanding rapidly and we're, we're uh, making a big push uh, for convenience, for convenience stores with the bars. We have two different types of bars now, the Emory bar and the BAR breakfast at 30 mm -hmm. bar. Um, so we got picked up by a few, a big, uh, distribution Hackney is one of them, 20,000, uh, uh, accounts for them. We have a few other ones in the works. Um, so for convenience for the bars and for the RTDs, uh, the total war RTDs. Um, and then, uh, there's a whole bunch of other cool stuff with, uh, grocery and, and some other big, uh, big movers. Yeah. So, I mean, that's my, my goal. My goal is, uh, has always been, you know, I'm very, I'm very focused on, um, numbers. I'm a numbers guy for sure. And so every month we have goals. I mean, every every quarter we have goals. Every year we have goals, and I'm I'm always pushing towards those goals. And a lot of times that those goals, the numbers that I'm looking for, require um, expansion in general, not just internationally, but channel expansion. And um, so I'm really really focused on that for this year. And so far we're up 300 uh, percent year over year. Um, and um, and that's my that's the big focus for us to take uh, take advantage. Um, of some of those holes, like the total war RTD, you know, yeah. the, um, the RTDs has, it's funny cause everybody's making these energy drinks, right? Everybody and their mother have a new canned energy drink. And, uh, I, I felt like everybody's focused on that and nobody was focused on pre-workout totally efficacious, tastes good pre-workout in a bottle. It doesn't, I mean, like I go to the gym and I still see speed stack, which is what I saw when I was like, right, Chris, you're 15 years yeah. old. Speed stack. Same <laughs> yeah. Thing. And so uh, I knew that that was something that we could we could go and like really kind of break with, break in with that. And so far, that's been now in, in UFIT, Golden Gym Corporate, uh, all, all whole mm -hmm. shit, whole ton of uh, of big gyms. So that's the that's the focus, man. Expansion. Cool. 
gentlemen, I appreciate you guys doing this. It's great to see you and talk to you again. Uh, just for the for people listening at home, like these two have been super supportive of, of me and FI since pretty much day one. Uh, and like I tell people, it's, it's pretty cool. I got Chris Gethin and Aaron Singerman's phone number in my phone. Like I can text you guys whenever I want, which is which is great. So I appreciate your your support, but more so I appreciate your guys' friendship. It means everything to me, and uh, I've learned a ton from you too. So thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. Always good to be in good company. Uh, be on with Chris because there's not a lot in our industry. There's not a lot of guys in, uh, in Chris and in my, in my art position that, uh, that communicate so freely and want to see each other's success. Like I know there's no doubt in my mind that, uh, when, uh, when Chris sees something good happen for Redcon, he's happy just the same as I am happy when I see something for cage muscle, I'm genuinely happy for Chris and for his team. Right. And I think that our industry is missing a lot of that. A lot of that. It's, I yeah, mean, yeah, we could have sure. a whole podcast episode on, on, yeah. on that uh, and how people just, they, they pray for people to fail. It's unbelievable. Um, yeah. yeah. Especially what within this industry, you know, it's a huge industry. We can all contribute to it. We're fighting against McDonald's at the end of the day, you know, so we should all be kind of banding together and the people like Aaron that are doing it right, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. All right, gentlemen. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Guys, what an episode. What did I tell you? I told you it was going to be good, and it was very, very good. Again, super appreciative of Chris Gath and Aaron Singerman for taking the time to come on the Be Informed Live Fit podcast to help educate me, educate all of you, and walk away with a better understanding on what they do and how they innovate and what they look at when they build their business. And I think it's super interesting, especially the, the business side of me and the geek side of me. Really, really enjoyed it. So two very class acts that I, uh, that I, that I love. They're, they're great, great human beings. Uh, to me, they've always been good to me, and, and that's, that's all that matters, really. And, then, and they've been consumer first, which is, which is, which is massive for me and, and Fitness Informant. Uh, next week, we're going to have Doug Miller, Chief Executive Officer, Core Nutritionals, Miracle Labs, Miracle Energy, Nutrition Corners, and also uh, hands-on arms race nutrition. Uh, Doug is somebody that I've wanted to get on the show for a long time. And much like Chris and Aaron, he's done a ton of good for this industry. Core, I've, I've, I've gone on record saying some of the best formulas I, that, I, that are out there, some of the most effective products on the market. Stoked to talk to Doug about that, about the innovation strategy, about the branding strategy, and just about why he's doing what he's doing. And, and he has a different perspective because he's on the retail side as well as on the manufacturing side. So Doug Miller, CEO, Core Nutritionals, coming uh, coming next week on the Be Informed Live Fit Podcast. Hit that subscribe button and uh, give us a review if you can as well. How about the algorithm? Make sure you follow us on all our social media channels. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter. Until next week, be informed, live fit, hang loose, and be safe, everybody.